Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That's Sean's sides. And that's Tom's sides. Oh, man. You hear that theme song we got, buddy? We are a professional Uh-oh. podcast now. It is so sick. Like, I can't be thankful enough to uh, Kevin and the McAllisters, the wonderful, wonderful local group to me here in Edmonton. Oh, they, they were so kind to do that. So you had sent me a video of you just throwing together lyrics to what our theme song could sound like. Yeah, And then uh, a buddy of mine who's in Kevin the McAllister's is like, hey, if you want, I could probably make you a little jingle, an intro and outro for your show. And I was like, yes, please. Without question. Please and thank you. <laughs> what so did you true. have in mind? And I just I sent him your video and he goes, all right, I'll play around with this. And they did such an excellent job. Um, I figure we should announce that they have a SoundCloud. I put it in the description of last week's episode and we didn't talk about it because we didn't get that theme song till the day after we recorded, but we were able to throw it in and I, I love it. So their SoundCloud is uh, soundcloud.com slash Kevin and the McAllisters. They have some great tongue, uh, great songs. Um, I really like settle down. Do you have a personal favorite there, Sean of yours? Um, I, I did really like settle down. And if you say I enjoyed as well, if you say so, yeah, sorry if you say so. I, I left this so off there by accident. Yeah, I really liked what I heard for sure. It's good lyrics, good beat. You know yeah. what I mean? It's good music. You got that Blink-182, like, 90s pop-punk band, like, vibe. I've, I'm very much into it. That's some 41 definitely. feel. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely excited because I'm, as you get older, you, you've listened to all the songs you like a lot. So when you get excited about listening to a new band and you can discover that they have a bunch of music you haven't heard before it's so refreshing to get like to have that feeling you know especially being local it's nice to support local too so yeah hopefully when the world opens up a little bit more they can do a couple local bars and you can see them live in person but in the meantime you can just support them on the old soundcloud give them some listens and just support them where you can i'm not gonna lie i've definitely been strutting through work the last couple days singing it in my head it's just there and I enjoy it. It brings joy to me. So I've been singing it lots. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because it happened to it's happening to me. And that is, is that arrogant that we're humming along to our own theme song? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a theme song to our lives at the moment. So it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> like, would it be weird if we listened to our own podcast? Like I hear it in the editing bit, but just be like, oh yeah, it's a podcast I'm super into, two sides of the story. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Well, we are pretty interesting. So, I mean, I, I could definitely listen to us. There's a, a stand-up bit that Donald Glover does. Uh, Donald Glover from Community is also Childish Gambino. Yeah. And he was in that transition where he was doing stand-up comedy, acting, and getting into rap. So he did, like, a whole EP and stuff. And I was watching this, like, early stand-up bit that he was doing. And he comes out to his own song. And he just talks about, like, no, that's my, that's me. That's that's my music. <laughs> Is it weird that I yeah. listen to my own music? Like, I think I do a good job. Like, I, and I'm kind of for that. I mean, if you like what you're doing, might as well just get full on on board. It would be super weird to like be at a party with like Aerosmith. And he's like, 
hit one <laughs> a great Aerosmith song comes on and Steven Tyler's like hey that's my song <laughs> <laughs> that is my jam I mean and if he started singing along you know it'd be all the benefit to the people in the room right so but I, I feel what you're saying and it's really funny when you see people make fun of their own work like that for sure the, my to that extent not make fun of it but sorry my favorite part of the uh, Donald Glover bit, he goes like, listen, the way I see it is if I worked at Subway and then I went home and made myself a sandwich, you're not going to look at me and be like, hey, a little bit conceited, aren't we? <laughs> That's true. And they are artists as well. So, yeah, sandwich artists, to take the fine sandwich artists of Subway. Subway, not a sponsor yet, but we'll take you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> so what's been going on? How's your week? I had a really good week. Uh, it's been pretty tame. We had snow here and it kind of interrupted my work week because I, you know, I've been doing landscaping and working in the yeah. snow doesn't go hand in hand with that job. But um, no, it's been tame. I can't have no complaints. How about you guys? Uh, about the same. Uh, the snow actually came here today. So it's kind of funny you say that. I had to do a double take this morning when I woke up. I kind of passed the window and, you know, you get used to seeing a certain thing when you look outside and it's not white lately. So when I looked out, I was like, oh, oh, okay, that happened again. But hey, par for the course. What I mean, it's still April, that? right? And April in yeah. Canada is still part of winter. Definitely. It's not till when May strolls around. And then if we get winter, I start to get concerned. And more so in Edmonton, May long weekend. And we've still had snow May long weekend. So you're really not out of the work woodworks until June. But that's a whole other story. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this, but yesterday, so we recorded this on the Thursday, but yesterday on 420, there was some big news, a show that you and I both like is finally getting a spinoff. How I Met Your Mother is finally doing the spinoff, How I Met Your Father with none other than Hilary Duff in the lead role. I heard that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting news. Um, as a big fan of the show, uh, How I Met Your Mother, obviously, I'm excited at the opportunity to get to watch more. I think this is a great idea because I don't I don't think we'll see anything similar from the original show because the beautiful thing about meeting people is that it's always done differently. So I think there's a whole bunch of stories to tell. Um, another thing is I'm hoping for like a different dynamic of a group. Like I don't want to see a female Barney and then have it be called different. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So what you're theorizing is that it's gonna be like a completely new show with none of the characters being related in any way to the characters from the previous show the only way i want that there to be connections is in a random in the background way i would love it if they just went to mclaren's pub one night and just in the background yeah. is the original actor is the original cast okay i think that would be hilarious but that's I that's interesting and it's Go ahead. I, I like that because like you're not trying necessarily to ride on the coattails of the original product. You're making a new product under the same theorem given, yes. Yeah. But like it would be cool to see that story of how I met your mother told in a new way, but still within the realms of what they did, you know? Exactly. And it, it's logical to think that um how people meet is completely different. So it could be uh, maybe they'll go for like a shorter series run. Or I was hoping for something like at its core, it's how I met your mother. You're going to bring us the laughs that we want and like the little feel good yeah. moments, but like how we get to this, the father, I want a completely different story. 
Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Like, it, it would be interesting. Like, you can almost do a show like this in every decade. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. Uh, I was thinking about Which is today. Exciting. Is yeah. You can do a bunch of spinoffs of, um, like, it could have, like, it could, you could do, like, a gay version of it. It's how I met your father and it's how two men meet. Or like any, you can go any direction yeah. of that and it would still be a fun story because I think I can speak for myself in De- living definitely. how I meet people. There's usually a fun little anecdote that goes along with them. No, it's totally true. And that's the funny, fun part about uh, a human interaction show, like how I met your mother was, mm-hmm. you really can have any circumstance and the writers can play with everything that's going on in the current times, you know, and do throwbacks as well, whenever they decide to. So yeah. it's exciting. Um, personally, I got really, really excited. Like when I heard the news at first, my initial reaction was like, fuck yeah, we're going to get, and then I, like, I came to a little bit of sad, a sad note in a way, personally. How so? Well, I just, I don't want to get excited about another show, enjoy nine seasons of it, and then be given a shit ending again, like they did with How I Met Your Mother. That's Balderdash. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> are you um, sorry? Are you saying that you enjoyed? I thought it was up. I thought it was a perfect ending. It bookends. Okay, so are we? Are we talking like the the DVD version where there's like a second proper ending where they actually told the story the way it maybe should have evolved? Is that what you mean? You like the ending, or you mean you like the ending like that aired on TV? I didn't see the DVD ending. I saw the TV ending, and I've rewatched it a few times since on Netflix. So I've seen the Netflix ending. Wow. But what what works for me is that it's a tale of it's a tale of loss and dealing with loss. And also the whole point of this thing is he's getting he wants to be back with Robin, which makes perfect sense because the first person we introduce and where the story of how he met his mother takes off is meeting Robin. It's ludicrous to think that he would end up with anyone else otherwise. Like, (laughs) okay, so like. I can understand what you're saying a little bit, but my problem is, okay, so Ted and Robin, I love their relationship. You know what I mean? I love the storyline at the beginning, the first two, three seasons where they kind of went back and forth and, but it was over and it was showing to me, it was showing that a man and a woman who once were in love can potentially be friends afterwards. And, you know, as Ted evolved, yeah, he had a lot of struggles to evolve over Robin. It took him years to because he thought she was his dream girl for a long time, right? And, and he then turned Barney out to came. be right. Uh, I, I just can't do it. Like, and especially, okay, the last season, like, they made me fall so in love with the mother. I loved her. She was an amazing actress. She Except sang the... She's, she's amazing. Yeah, she's, when she sang... Um, in the one episode where he's sitting behind her, you can't see her. Like one of the most beautiful songs. I have it on my phone still to this day on my iTunes. So it'll come up every once in a while. But they're like, we finally found Ted's perfect woman. All the story notes, all the times that he like just missed her. You know what I mean? And it was like their, their past weren't meant to cross yet. And then finally we, we meet her. She's this beautiful woman, like perfect for Ted in so many different ways. They're building this beautiful life together. And then you climax coming to the end and you kill her. What? Well, what? I think what the story then becomes about is not a story of like, so we're going to introduce you to this mom and then we're going to pull the rug underneath you and go, ta-da, she's dead. It's not like, I don't think that was the point. The point is, no. 
it and felt I, that what way. What I though. loved about it was it's a great story of going, life isn't over. You hear all these stories when like you get that one loss and then like what you're done, you're just supposed to retire. <laughs> the game's not over yet. And the one I like thing that. I liked about the Ted and Robin relationship throughout the whole series, it was just time and time again of they weren't ready for each other. They get together the first time and they realize that they both want different things. They get together as friends with benefits and they realize that they want different things. Like they're never on the same page. Now she didn't want to have, she didn't want to be married. She didn't want to have kids. Now that he's lived his life and he found his true love and got married and we got his, he got his happy ending to a certain extent. Now I think that, um, now, now I think it's the right story of him getting together with Robin because now she doesn't have to worry about having kids because he has two ad- teenage, nearly adult children. Um, how, they don't have to worry convenient. about being married. They've both been married before. And like <laughs> honestly, you don't need to be tied down again. You can just be with somebody. And I think yeah. they're at a point in their lives where their relationship will work because all of the stuff that was holding Ted back from being with her he's done already and all the stuff that was holding her back where she wanted to live in different countries and she wanted to see the world she did it and then all that stuff that's holding her back has already been accomplished so these people that couldn't be together because they had these goals in mind for their own lives have already done them so what's to stop them from being together now i i understand your argument point in ways and like if that had been season 10 where we see them like re-evolve and fall back in love. And I would have been more okay with the ending. But that's but don't what the whole just... series is. What's that, sorry? The whole series is a, a opportunity after opportunity of being with Robin to it not working, right? Like they there tried, was so much they not, failed. There was so much not of that too though, right? Like it, there was like hints of that at times, but it just, it seemed like he to the core like and and i guess this is true it evolves over time but to the core when they broke up when it was final and done it was final and done because they had tried in many different ways and it just didn't work to the point where they realized that they weren't each other's soulmates i feel like they made us like feel that way and then even more so they threw barney into the mix with robin which to me further complicates the ending in other ways too because he like for him to I don't know I guess Robin and Barney probably had a lot of separation in between but it's like she went you know she was with Ted she ended up with Barney years later and then she goes back to Ted and it's like where does that leave the Ted Barney I'm sure the Ted Barney thing's fine you know what I mean they'd work it out whatever they wouldn't care but it just I don't know it just left me with a foul taste overall I'm not gonna lie I I respectfully disagree with you because I do find it comes full (laughs) circle this way uh can you tell me a little bit about the DVD ending yeah, it's basically like the happy ending that she doesn't die. Really? They just did a, for those of you that are upset with this ending, we're going to appease you yeah. by giving you what you want? Oh, 100%. And I can't remember like all the ins and outs of it. It's been a little while since I watched it because I, I I watched it too many times in a row, How I Met Your Mother, that I needed to put some little bit of time between me and How I Met Your Mother. It's written into my DNA a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just... It was a happy ending. Like, it left me with a good taste. I was happy. Like, a lot of the same stuff still happened, but it just didn't have the throwback storyline. It didn't I, have him go back. I see. 
if if you watch it from beginning to end, there's one thing that's been consistent is that Robin, no matter how hard Ted tries to get rid of her, and yeah. sometimes there's like storylines where he actually tries to get rid of her. She For keeps sure. coming back. She's always that person. Yeah. And I think it's just the great message of just because you lose uh, a great thing doesn't mean life is over. And I, I really leaned to, into that message. I thought it was a wonderful message, a great and a great thing to tell your kids about. That's what that whole show was about was telling his kids this is how i met your mother but if all of that was a go this is actually how i met robin and how important robin is to me she <laughs> is going to be a main factor through this whole story of how i met the love of my life but never truly letting go of this one person one other thing they could have changed that would have made me okay with like your take on the ending is if they'd called it how i met your stepmother but that's not <laughs> the evolution of like how he met like it's literally called how i met your mother yeah and they you know lived up I mean? to that promise they we did met but her. then they're like we got that story hey, this is how i met your mother oh yeah by the way i want to bang your aunt robin yeah <laughs> there's a lot of stories he tells that he should not be telling his kids he is in the like what this third season he tells his kids a story about how he may or may not have had a threesome one he, tiny the story little throwback. Of like one night stands he has with the 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 pineapple incident, and he's a telling throwback, his this. A good throwback to like retort to what you're saying is from Buffy. I always go back to this quote: "You have to show them the world, not protect them from it." <laughs> so I mean, I'm okay with him telling them these stories because, eh, what are you gonna do, right? It's better you hear from your mouth than from someone else's mouth. But anyways, anyways. don't go uh, quoting Rupert Giles to me. All right, <laughs> all right. I, are you familiar with that series as well? I, I, I fucking love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I fucking have terrible friends, ending, but whatever. I, I have friends that uh, named their daughter Willow, and it has nothing to do with the show. They did not do yeah. it because of the show. <laughs> But in my head, a hundred percent they did. For and sure. it makes me happy going like, I hope you meet the Slayer and you're going to help her solve mysteries and crimes and kill vampires and you're going to make the world a better place. But just be careful with magic. Yeah, you're going to have to be super careful with magic. But eventually, Sorry, obviously, good I feel like the Buffy quote came to my mind just because of all the appearances of Buffy actors and actresses in How I Met Your Mother, that as soon as I start talking about How I Met Your Mother, there's like an undertone of Buffy that comes into my head a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, same with uh, Freaks and Geeks, too. Like, uh, uh, Busy Phillips shows up. Like, I, I think we were just missing, like, James Franco and Seth Rogen and Linda Cardellini to show up. But Yeah, like, pretty much. We got a bunch of, like, subtle cameos. I mean, sure, um, uh, Lily Aldrin or Willow, what's her real name? It'll lose me anyway. But her husband, Allison Hannigan. Yeah, Allison Hannigan. Her husband yeah. uh, is Wes Wesley Wyndham um, yeah. Price from Buffy, and then he's showing up as uh, Sandy, uh, the newscaster, Sandy Sandy Rivers. Oh, uh, yeah, Sandy Rivers. Such a great like performance in this show is by him. Like you have to be a, a husband of one of the actresses or actors on the show to be able to come in and pull off what he pulls off yeah. in How I Met Your Mother. And he's so funny. Like, he was such a good comic relief. And I didn't clue in that it was him for, like, uh, a little while after because I started watching Angel after I finished How I Met Your Mother. Went, That's oh funny. Oh, my God, it's Wesley. Oh, <laughs> would you look at that? The whole time. It's funny because, like, in that universe, his character evolved probably more than any other character. But in How I Met Your Mother, 
there wasn't much evolution there, bro. <laughs> he, he evolves in Angel, and he does this whole thing. When he turns from Wesley to Wes, he's a badass. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I'm convinced that season five of Angel is probably the best se- season of television I've ever watched because Josh Whedon just bold stops giving, giving a fuck completely. Do you ever There's hear the story on why he didn't get a season six? I did. Well, I heard like specs of it, like the studio wasn't committing exactly. And it, like it was pissing him off. And eventually he was just like told everybody it was over. And then everybody else went and got other jobs. And then they tried the dub. Was it W Warner Brothers Network? Yeah, I think it was on UPN, then WB kind of thing. Or the Vice yeah, Brothers WB, thing. I think it was at the time. But they, they came back and said, OK, we are going to approve season six. I mean, it was too late. The, the actors had already taken other jobs and it was just a mess from what I heard. Yeah. I've heard something similar. I think he was like, I think it was a little bit more of Josh Whedon giving them a little bit more attitude than they wanted. Uh, like right. the story I heard was, or read about was he goes into the office and goes, are we getting a season six? Yes or no. And this is coming off the Buffy just ended. Firefly was canceled. And I think dollhouse yeah. was on its way. Right. Or something like that, or he had like a yeah. bunch of things that weren't working out at the same time. So he's just like, "Tell me, is Angel coming back? Yes or no?" And they're like, "We can't tell you right now." And he goes, "Then it's no." Like I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. He was really, really frustrated about Firefly. Mm-hmm. An underrated show. I, I watched that a few times, and the movie Serenity is pretty top notch. Yeah, I finally gave it a watch through. I put it off for many, many years, and I kind of put it off so that I could have it for one day. The day finally came and I burned through every single episode and was like all nine. That, that's it. That's it. What? Well, there's a lot of shows that were ahead of its time. Like we were alluded, we were talking about freaks and geeks before like freaks and geeks yeah. like came out in the nineties. And I, I like, that was a show that was meant for me, but I was too young. Me too. Um, And like, I feel like if I was that age, the right age, I would have been, hooked on this and would have rioted but because i only discover it you know years later yeah doesn't work which brings me a question i wanted to ask you um if you could pick an era where you could have been a teenager in would you have stayed in the same era or would you have moved around a bit um that's a tough question i think you know parts of me would have liked to have grown up in different eras but for me i wouldn't change anything i guess i i do i did like because we were at the start of the computer age where when I was 15, you know, my, my dad got his first computer. So mm-hmm. I had that, like the internet access and all that. But before that, I didn't. So I still kind of got to grow up as part of my teens being just like a good wild kid out, out in the bush or out in the wild, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, experience the computer age as well and be able to function as an adult in the computer era. I think about the future and the past when I think about where I'd want to be a teenager and the present time. And I think I was pretty lucky with the time period. I was. I think I just missed my era. Like if I could have been a teenager when grunge music was taken off, I would have had the time of my life. Like yeah. if you listen to like the music, I really like, I, I have a wide range of music, but I have such a love for nineties rock and roll, alternative rock, grunge rock, all of that. Damn. I have such a love for all of it. And I've been deep diving these like big shiny tunes playlists on Spotify. That's funny. Going back to like, ah, I remember this song. Ah, <laughs> I remember this song. And if I could have been just old enough to just go to these shows, like, like I feel robbed that 
I'll never get to see Oasis because those brothers will just never figure it out, even though it's for a sure. giant cash grab for them if they ever did tour again. Um, it's funny you say like that you just missed that era because Josh grew up in that era. Yeah. Like it must have been unreal. And then like uh and I also look at, at SNL, like early 90s stuff. If I could have grown up laughing at Chris Farley in his prime instead of just yeah. like, just missing him. Like I was a kid when he died, and I feel like I just missed him. Like that's too bad. Like when he I, I squeezed in on him because I was like 1990 i was six years old so Mm -hmm. the early 90s every saturday night we stayed up and watched saturday night live it was like kind of a family thing we did around the time and it was the golden era man chris farley adam sandler phil hartman like made an appearance i believe posted an episode i still remember that one well phil hartman was uh part of the cast from he came back like he was a part of the cast and then he left and came back as a host i just remember that episode specifically such a brilliant comedian Oh, he, he was great. Uh, and then there's just the movies of the 90s that I hold dear that I just couldn't see in theaters because yeah. I was too small. I was a kid. But if I could have been if I could have been 15 in 1990, I would have just like I would have loved I would have lived a cool life, I think. Yeah, that's fair. It was a pretty good time for uh, teenagers. Definitely too to be in that era. Yeah. But I also do think that we kind of like hold our comedians dear. Like, do you ever see Hot Rod? <laughs> I refuse to watch that movie because my sister said that it was better than uh, what's the one with McLovin? Uh, pine, uh, sorry, Super Bad. Super Bad. She was like, "You have to watch Hot Rod. It's way better than Super Bad." And I was like, "Fuck you! I love Super Bad. I'm never watching that movie." <laughs> okay, I'm not going to make the crazy attachment that Superbad is better or yeah. worse than Hot Rod, but watch Hot Rod. I mean, yeah. it is so funny, and it has... I love Andy Samberg, too. So. Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, has one of the funniest scenes in movies. He is so funny in that movie. Danny McBride, um, Yorma Tacone, uh, like There's like a who's who of the funniest people from <laughs> 2005. <laughs> Like, really... But now they're all legends, right? Andy Samberg is a <laughs> legend funny. in his own right. Bill Hader, I mean, you put Bill Hader in anything, I will watch it. Yeah, me too. No, I feel bad for like having not watched it because, like, I do. Like I said, I love Andy Samberg; he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, but it, it, you know, when someone puts a spin on you like that, it's hard to like. I, I'm gonna watch it. Like, I've grown up a lot since that time period. Yeah. But I'm just saying, at the time, I was like, fuck that, and it just opportunity that hadn't knocked. What happens if you enjoyed it more than you enjoyed Superbad? I'd probably call Jen and be like, yeah, you're right. Sorry, bye. And I just hang up and she'd be like, what the fuck is he talking about? I mean, this seems like a very rude conversation, but all right. It sounds about right. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just, I'm, me and my sister, we know where each other stand and it's a very positive way. So yeah. like I can call her and be like, you know, just say a few words and hang up, and she's like, "What the hell was that?" And, well, know, what she do does you, the same. What do you guys bond on the most together? Um, that's a tough call. Uh, being related, I, I no, we have a lot of things to talk about. Like she has like side hustle businesses she works on at times, and I I have the same aspirations for that. Um, me and my sister, like, we've always had an easy time communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. When I was like young, I was the annoying little brother too, you know, picking at her, picking at her, picking at her. 
but as we grew up like we evolved once I became like a teenager maybe 15 we really bonded like I went on a trip to Toronto to see her mm. and you know stuff like that like she moved out out east for a bit there and I just had those moments to bond with her and when we talk we can talk for hours as well and we you know from subject to subject it's just a, a tight relationship where we don't need we don't have a lot in common in our personal lives and how we live our lives and you know the things that we do but we don't need to have any because we're tight enough and you know you know those relationships you have sometimes yeah there's a big age gap between you and your siblings right yeah jen's six years older than me and josh is five years older than me Right on. And with Josh being your older brother and you guys have mutual loves for like, we could have him on this podcast and just nerd out all together and not skip. a. Oh, for sure. So is he responsible for a lot of your loves in the, like the Star Trek, the Star Wars, uh, the comic book stuff? No, actually, like when it comes to hockey, we've always shared hockey, our love for hockey. Um, he was a little bit into comics, but he kind of lost interest. And I picked, I picked up on it. Maybe like it was influenced from him. Um, one big thing is the masters of the universe, like He-Man. Okay. Like, you're familiar. I'm yeah, familiar. Okay, I wasn't, sure. I wasn't the biggest He-Man guy. Like it wasn't like my go-to, yeah. but I, I am familiar. It was, so it was like Josh's go-to cause he was older and I looked up to him. And so I inherited his like He-Man castles and all the action figures when I was a kid. And it was like how I first kind of got into garage selling too, which I loved because I'd go hunting for He-Man at garage sales for a buck, okay. which I wish I had a fucking kept them all because they're worth a goddamn fortune now. Yeah. But... So, I mean, he influenced some of it. Star Trek, I found on my own. I used to get up early for school and it was on space at okay. six in the morning, starting with the old one. And I'd, I'd be able to watch the old one and TNG and like my dad watched a little bit of TNG when it was coming out in the eighties. I remember like the first episode when it aired, I watched it with him. And I remember like the scary episodes, like when Jordy goes to the planet and transforms into the human as like the blue glow in the dark veins on his face. Yeah. Like that shit scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of how I came into that. But obviously when you have a big brother, like, and big sister you want to be like them so they do have like heavy influences on you mm-hmm. but you also find your own path i guess with that kind of thing because you're you're the oldest sibling right your yeah, sister's I'm, younger yeah my sister's younger she's more mature than i am in a lot of ways but um <laughs> i am the older sibling nice how, how many years apart just two that's two what years. i thought yeah we always had like sports in common and but like our relationship didn't really take off until she turned 18 like I remember, like, so we lived, like, different lives. I did, like, the local high school stuff. Like, I just went, like, locally. Michelle did private school for a little bit. Okay. And then she got a scholarship and went to school in the States, and she went to a, a prep school called in Vermont. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. And she was, like, Michelle was, and I don't know, probably still is a world-class athlete. Like, she was, like... I don't know if she, like Olympics or anything were in her future, but yeah. like she was captain of her hockey team. She was captain of her soccer team. And if it wasn't for a broken leg injury, she would have torn it up. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I knew she'd played hockey, but I didn't know like to that extent and that she was like a captain of her team and stuff oh, like yeah. that. She was, she was top notch. Like we always joke around that she was a forward and I was a defense and we never did the one-on-one kind of thing. Yeah. But like, I'm pretty sure. She probably, I don't know. 
I think I could have beaten her, but she had some <laughs> stick handling skills that, you know, were not to be messed with. I like it's funny because like your sister gives off like the sweetest vibe. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't imagine her like going and cross checking another girl with a stick and you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't I had never seen any glimpse of that side of your sister. Oh, believe me, that girl is tough as nails. Never cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, she is. You can tell she's tough. But she's also just a very sweet, sweet lady. <laughs> Never cross her. Never cross her. Yeah. That's your that's the one piece of advice I would give you about my sister Michelle. Never cross her because she is a great person to have in your corner until yeah. you upset her. <laughs> I can tell you the same about my sister a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a little bit of rage in her at times, but in a in a positive way. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. My sister's the best and uh yeah. No, when I was living in Edmonton, she helped me out a lot. Like she was the first place I stayed when I first moved over there. And um, her and her uh, fiance have got me out of like quite a few jams of just Thomas being an idiot. And uh, <laughs> I will, will forever be grateful to them. Like I, I could go on and tell stories about how I'm a moron and how Michelle saved the day, but <laughs> I want to use this podcast to make me look good on occasions. So Definitely. We'll, we'll save, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, sure love... she'll come on and then she'll just tell all of them. For sure. I love the both of them. They're, they're pretty amazing people. So I wanted to ask you something. Um, you were mentioning like, well, I mentioned it on the podcast last time. So I'll bring it up through that channel, but you were saying the story of you transitioning from Vancouver to Edmonton. I kind of have a gap of knowledge on that and was wondering exactly how that all went down. Cause you're back living in Montreal right now, but last yeah. time we were really in good contact for a bit there, you were Edmonton, then Vancouver. How was the trip? What happened? What's going on? So I went to Vancouver to be with somebody. Yeah. Uh, she's a great human being. And you know, I, I have no, I don't have a bad word to say about it. Um, For sure. I I went to Vancouver to be with her and I was happy being with her. And this pandemic has been a pain in the ass for like a lot of people. For sure. So what had happened was pandemic hit, both of us lost our jobs, and we're like figuring out what the next step was. Uh we looked at well, maybe we'll just find new jobs and then go back to our old ones when they become available. Right. And I, you got to keep in mind, she has a, I, I forgot to say, she has a son. Really good okay. boy. Uh, three years old, turning four uh, next month. Um, and so, you know, what we did, we did everything we could to make sure that we, you know, we always got him when it was our turn to get him. And, yeah, you know, just, I, I threw myself in the deep end as like a, a stepdad kind of thing. Right. So when the pandemic hit, uh, we were just reevaluating things of just where do we go? Uh, what do we do? And the best option we got was we should go and live with our separate families and figure it out when things get better. So yeah. she went back to Edmonton to stay with her parents. And I went back to Montreal to stay with my mom. Okay. That's just, happened to a lot of people, right? During this pandemic. Yeah. It was just a rough go. Yeah. And uh, but I'll say this for record, and I don't want to piss off people in Vancouver. For I sure. fucking hated Vancouver. I hated it so much. Yeah, it just it, wasn't your place. It, to me, Vancouver is a beautiful woman with no personality. It right. is amazing to see 
but if you spend every day in Vancouver, it is so hard. Um, it rains all the time. It's really hard to get ahead there because it's one of like the richest cities in Canada. And if you don't make like six figures a year, you're going to struggle. It's really hard to get ahead. And so, yeah, I've heard that from other people too. So living a life became hard. And so while I was grinding, trying to make sure we always had enough money and, you know, doing my bit to be, you know, a, a good person for support. It, it burnt me out. And then I would go out, I'd go out and work and it'd be raining again. I mean, I think the last winter I was there, it rained 48 days in a row. I think at one point I may be over, oh but it was a long time of just always raining. And that sounds very depressing. Yeah. And it got to a point where like when we were apart, I started to feel myself again. Like I was, yeah. And she had an opportunity to go to Nanaimo to be closer to her son and, you know, be the mom she wants to be. And someone was offering her a decent paying job and someone was offering her a decent place to live. And she was, she was, she wanted me to go with her, but like there weren't any, there weren't any jobs really in Nanaimo for me to go do. Like, what am I going to do? Go be a bag boy at a local grocery store or, and like, I'm just going to go back to being a lesser version of myself. And I, and I was starting to feel like if I can't be the best version of myself with you, eventually you're going to see that. And we're going to, I'm either going to hold a grudge against her or she's going to start holding a grudge against me because I'm not the guy that she originally met for and, sure and fell for. And, it, and like, so we had to make a hard choice. So well, I ended up, you know, we ended up having to break up and it was like a hard thing. That's tough. Yeah, man. I do think it was for the best. But to answer your question, the reason why uh, I went from Vancouver to Montreal is so the pandemic. And then I got to do the road trip. I uh, went and got my car. I left my car in Edmonton and flew back to Montreal while we were figuring things out. And then okay. I went and got my car, drove to Nanaimo um and got all of the stuff that i left in bc yeah filled up the car and just drove east until i got back to my mom's place so nanaimo to montreal yeah took like i don't know how long it really took because i i stopped like i was in edmonton for a few days over a weekend i think take like a full week of driving okay that must have given you a lot of time to like process everything on the way home, you know? One of the coolest things I've ever done was the fact that the whole drive itself was very cathartic. There yeah. was a lot of like evaluating myself, where I was at, what my goals were, what, what I want them to be, where I want to go and who I want to be. Yeah. And then I had to reevaluate what I want to do for a job. So I've been working landscaping for like the last little while. Yeah. Before the pandemic, I had been in aviation for five, five years. And I like that. But I think the aspect that I liked most about these jobs was it's outside. Now I'm trying to pursue a career that I'll get to be outdoors and make a decent wage. And like, I love working outside, having outside be like, be your office is an amazing feeling to me. I'm not sure. Like you probably feel the same way having doing what you do. Well, I've had, I've had time where I've worked in the outdoors. Like now I, I don't, I'm, I'm indoors. 
but I have experienced what you mean. Like when you're out and you're breathing the fresh air all day, every day, it's a, it's a pretty nice, it's a pretty nice stick unless you live in Edmonton and it's like minus 50. Cause those days are like trying on your soul. Right. Those days weren't so it's bad. Tough. To like me. I find what's that. Sorry. Those days weren't so bad to me. I'll take a, I'll take a really cold day over a rainy day in Vancouver any day. You can, That's fair, yeah. you can always dress warm. You can't dress like, even if you had proper rain gear, you're still getting soaked. Yeah. I've never lived in a climate like that, so I can't speak to it. That's for sure. But I can imagine what you're saying. Like I've worked in the weather outside framing, you know, when it was like really, really, really rainy for a week, two weeks, sometimes straight. And it's just sogged from yeah. morning to night. I like, I could handle it like a couple of days of that, but a month of that, God, I, I just couldn't do it, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really I did do landscaping at one point, too, and landscaping's a good shtick. You know, if you're the boss or if you're close to being the boss, it's a good it's a good job, you know, yeah. like being outdoors all the time. I don't, what do you, like, what's your career, like, love to do outside? Like, what would you want to do? Landscaping, like, carpentry, what kind of thing would you want to do outside? See, that's the part, like, I'm still figuring out. I think... Um... I want to work with like the one thing I liked about working in aviation was just operating all the machines that we had to, to work with. So I think my game plan is going to try and get uh, some training on um, some machinery and see if I can get into like excavation or, you know, some kind of uh, where I would be a guy that's operating a machine. I think that yeah, would... that's a good, a good gig for sure. And a good career path. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to have time with it, time for it or not given how popular the podcast is about to become, but we'll see. I'll let oh. you know if I, if you're going to have time for it or not. Listen, if our podcast got to a point where we were touring it and uh, all that, I would make time for my outdoor needs around the <laughs> podcast. Don't you fret. I think we could also sometimes do an outdoor studio, you know, sit out in minus 30 just to be the guys who record a podcast outdoors when it's minus 30. Might be a good thing. You never know. I do not think that that is a title we need to have. Just, <laughs> just going to put that out there. I don't think the attendance is there for a minus 30 show. Um, but, <laughs> you know, let's dream a little bigger, Sean. I think that's what we should do. I think we should just dream. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. It's just yeah. it's not a good one. And That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if our equipment will work. I feel like a laptop screen would freeze. <laughs> oh, it would freeze and crack within 10 minutes. Yeah. People just don't understand what we live through sometimes living up north here. Edmonton it's bad has enough. This weird bad rap for no reason. Like it is the butt end of a lot of Canadian jokes. Like I think the most teased, if I can rank them, I think it goes people who live in Toronto, Newfies, and then Edmonton. And I don't understand why. Yeah. I don't get it either because I'm part of it. So I can never understand it fully, I guess. But like, like, um, sure, Edmonton you know, was the stab capital of Canada for the longest time. But Winnipeg has yeah. since taken that record, and no one else is, like, in front of Winnipeg. Well, they do call it Winterpeg, and it's just known as, like, a desert snowland. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, there's upsides to the cold weather. But, like, you know, people who live in the U.S., they'll never understand what it's like when you're, like, trying to walk to school and you get chased by a herd of polar bears it's just not <laughs> something they have to deal with on the regular and it's like there's signs everywhere you have to be careful it's crazy no you're joking about this but i remember being downtown edmonton and like just willy-nilly i saw a coyote 
yeah in the city like i'm used to them like i've seen them all the time on the highway in the outskirts of town but to see one yeah. in the heart of edmonton just willy-nilly like that is crazy <laughs> It's funny you say that because I've seen that like a lot having grown up mostly in Edmonton, but it's normal because of the river Valley running straight through the middle of the city. It just, they come out, you know, they're looking for food. They smell garbages. They're just, I've had a few close calls with coyote packs where yeah. it's like a little too close where you're like, Holy crap. You gotta like, it's, it's concerning. You know, you don't want to be caught out or out walking your little dog and there's a pack of coyotes in the river Valley. Yeah. It's I dangerous, mean, you but. know, and I, I, I don't feel safe because I don't carry around an anvil. And I know that's the one way to stop a coyote is with an anvil. It is. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, well, and obviously you're not going to carry around a can of paint and a paintbrush, but painting sometimes helps. Yeah. Painting a giant tunnel issues. on the side of a wall is a good way yeah. to get rid of a coyote. Yeah, definitely. Definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> I hope these Looney Tunes references aren't above anybody's head right now the fuck are they talking about yeah the younger generation like what the fuck is going on there we're sitting here like what's up doc and yeah. nobody understands how do you feel about this whole pepe Le Pew being canceled thing do you hear about that uh, well i don't really i'm not really enlightened into the whole controversy controversy sorry is it because of the lady chasing yeah um okay because of that but he's not in the new space jam movie and i'll say this like he was hardly in the first Space Jam movie. There were like three or four Pepe Le Pew jokes. And aside from that, he wasn't really in the movie. Yeah. But I will say this. Like always growing up, he was like my least favorite of the cartoons. Like of yeah, the Looney me Tunes. too. Whenever yeah. his came on, I just, whatever, I'll just sit through a Pepe Le Pew. And like, I was always uncomfortable. Like even as like a kid, I go, what he's doing doesn't seem right. Yeah, I didn't like it either. And like, as a young kid, you're not thinking about like trying to get with a girl or anything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're just like, I want to play with my Legos and Ninja Turtles. You're not thinking about like chasing women, right? And no, exactly. maybe he was a kid. He might have been a character written for like our dads to maybe. throw in there so that they'd have something to watch with us. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of the cartoons back then and still today a lot of it's written in so that an adult can enjoy it and a child can enjoy it because we see it with different eyes yeah i mean i i agree with you it's just it's weird to think that like what when did the first like it, it's a much older show like it's 50s no 50s 60s maybe even 40s like i know my dad grew up watching it and he was born in 56 so it was around then yeah in early 60s at least so I get that there's a time change on it, but I, I'll i say this, like growing up, I used to watch the Bugs and Tweety show all the time where you, yeah. it was like, you know, it was like a little sketch show. You got your Bugs Bunny cartoon. And if you're lucky, you got two. And then you saw Daffy Duck do his thing. And like there was, there was structure to it. For I was sure. just, I would watch Pepe Le Pew and just be like, this isn't great. Like I get like, he's a skunk and he smells and you're making French and you're like, yay, stereotypes. But yeah, the whole like, being so forward and all that always always sat wrong with me that's fair yeah i never really looked at it that in depth but i, I as a kid i didn't care for that segment either and it wasn't anything like oh taking a stand against what was right or wrong or anything like that for me it was just i didn't enjoy it as much because it wasn't funny to me yeah like i'm i'm always so touch and go with this cancel culture because i do think certain people are getting canceled for the wrong things 
And then for some sure. people are getting canceled for the right things and all that. Yeah. And I just think if we're looking at it, you want the thing to be successful. Like I don't mind Pepe Le Pew not being in there, but mostly because yeah. he's one of my least favorite characters of all of that. I'm not going to make sense. If you told me you weren't going to put the Tasmanian devil because he's just destructive and mean, then I have an issue. Yeah, right? that's fair. No, and I don't like for me with the whole cancel culture thing, I'm not, it's a hard seat to navigate. You know what I mean? Because anytime people or a group of people have been wrong in any way or feel hurt by something, you, you don't want to like have that around still, but then other times it might be from perspective. Like I took exception to a little bit to the baby. It's cold outside. Did you really? Drama. My problem with that is that in the song, the original movie and in the song, he sings it to her and then she sings it back to him. And it's oh, like okay. a dance. I misunderstood of- what you were saying. I'm sorry. I thought like, oh. you were like, because uh, I agree with you. I think like if you look at the time of when that song was written and yeah, it, a lot of it is just different language. It It's. Oh, yeah. Just there was nothing rapey about it. It doesn't evolve well, but like that's everyone's mindset today. But to say that this is what they meant then is, is misunderstood. And I agree with you. And then we, sure. we're not getting to hear this song and someone blows a whistle going, nope, no more of this. You're not going to hear this Christmas song anymore. And it's fine. Yeah. It, it's also not a Christmas song, I don't think, either, because they don't mention Christmas. No, not exactly. But, you know, it's kind of always snuck in there. And, you know, what's funny is it's, it's always going to be in my top 20 Christmas songs just yeah. because, you know, like Elf, great, great, great usage scene. of the song. Uh, I, a few years ago, uh, Donald Faison and Zach Braff did their own version of it, and it's delightful. Just watching them sing it to each other is hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. We should uh, ease away from the Christmas, though. I want to save that for December because I have a lot to talk about when it comes to that oh, subject. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> done. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'll be patient. <laughs> um, but another, like, talking Christmas a little bit, I wanted to ask you this. Like, are you spiritual? Like, I know that Christmas is like the Christian holiday uh, and yeah. main holiday, but are you spiritual at all? Like, I'm going to give you the most honest answer I can. I am not spiritual in any way whatsoever, okay. to be honest. So like, to me, we live, we die, and that's it. Our existence is done. What's the purpose of human life is to procreate. I will say this, like, I'm happy that religion exists because a Life is really hard to get through, and it kind of gives people a guideline on, A, how to live with other humans, which I've taken a lot of pointers from in my own, you know, lots of good messages, example, like, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Those are words that, you know, people can live by. It gives, it gave humanity at a time when we needed it most a guideline on what was right and what was wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying it's real or not real, in my opinion. Like, every person is entitled to their own thought on how they feel about the world. You know what I mean? I would never try to push my beliefs on someone else, and I wouldn't expect them to push their beliefs on me. But, um, unless it has to be how I met your mother, the ending to how I met your mother. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'll push some of my beliefs on the people, but not about (laughs) what happens when they die. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, oh. but it's tough, you know, like, I, it's it's a good thing, I guess, in a lot of ways. I felt differently about it through different stages of my life, but now that I feel more enlightened as I, I'm an adult and I've lived through a lot of things, I do see how it helps a lot of people. 
gives a lot yeah. of people strength and hope is a powerful thing but yeah me personally no i don't believe in it and i find strength in other things um yeah i'm i'm, I'm a similar way to you i i find it's better to have ideas more than beliefs because you can change an idea a belief is a lot harder to get like to push on somebody else right for sure um but where i tend to go and please don't make fun of me but i kind of go I kind of believe in ghosts or the spirits of people. And I'll, yeah. I can go into this a little bit of death. I can give you an example. So, uh, as you know, my father passed away a good while ago. Um, yeah. But when I first went to Vancouver, uh, it was the week of my birthday, my first week in Vancouver. Um, Bailey had just came, my, my ex at the time, uh, my now ex, girlfriend at the time, came to yeah. come see and celebrate my birthday with me. And she was showing me uh, Vancouver, uh, Gastown right. to be more specific. So like all the cool bars, the little hot spots, And right by, um, she did this really sweet thing. And it meant a lot to me is uh, she kind of took me around and took me to the Vancouver film school. And the re reason why that's important is because that's where Kevin Smith went to school before he dropped out and made clerks. Right. So that was cool to see. So like saw a hero of mine's origins and I got to go see where that was in relation to, um, you know, to where he was when he started his career. But the yeah, cool thing cool. is right after that, uh, we go to this restaurant called um, Gringo's little hole in the yeah. wall uh, taco joint in Blood Alley. Horrible name for a street, but that's where it was. <laughs> right. And we're sitting there. And it's like a 80s, early 90s kind of theme place. So uh, the music is going. It's a lot of obscure hits from the 80s and 90s, like early 90s. Yeah. And on the TV, they're playing. I think uh, I've seen the Little Giants play on mute. Episodes of Reboot. Um, like things like that are on this, this nice. little mini TV. Playing the whole time. That's cool. So we get in there. And as soon as we sit down um 99 luft balloon start playing the german version of that song yeah oh yeah i'm familiar yeah so my father was a big one hit wonder fan right big 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 one hit wonder fan so if it barely succeeded he fucking loved it so he would play 99 <laughs> luft balloons all the time in the house like he had this little like obscure youtube playlist of just these weird uh like four non-blondes uh what's going on like a whole bunch of this like nostalgia but they they didn't go very far like yeah, kung fu you. fighting just obscure nice. 80s music i'd have loved to share playlists with your dad <laughs> oh you think he would have enjoyed it so we're sitting there and that song starts playing and i was telling bailey i go so every single time i hear this song I think of my father. Yeah. I think he's around because this song doesn't play everywhere. Yeah. And so whenever he's, you know, whenever the song plays, I think he's around and it's a, my sign of like, I think I'm in the right place or like I'm doing, I'm doing them proud. It's just, this is sure. playing at a random spot. Yeah. Chris is around. Right. And then it was at that moment, the waiter comes up to us and goes, hi, my name is Chris. What, what can I get you guys? And I lost my shit. I bet. I just, 
I've lost my mind. Like, he, not only did I just finish talking about like how when I hear this song, I feel my father's presence. And then the moment I just finished saying this, the waiter shares a name with my father. Like they, there's things like that. You can't like you can't write a moment like that. And you get no, it for sure. Feel it's it. very like, powerful. Yeah. When you feel things like that and you experience moments like that, it's hard not to pull into those things. You know what I mean? To be like, what the fuck are the chances that all of these things that I would feel this, that I would talk about it. And then to have someone guy walk up and say, Hey, my name, like, you just have to feel like it must've hit you with the feels hard on that. Oh, one. I, it took everything I can not to well up in that moment. And then like, I, like I got really excited. I told anyone that would listen. Like I even told the waiter, like, listen, man, like you're never going to believe this, but I got to share this with you. And he was just like, okay. And he was like, he was really nice. And he was like, that's a really cool story. Actually. I appreciate you sharing that with me, but like, it was just such a weird and like monumental feeling. And I've like, I've felt those feelings like since, and you know, when someone passes or something like that, you can, you have moments where you kind of feel their presence. And I like to like lean into that because then that means they're not really gone. And maybe it's those signs that you're looking for that you may be on the right path or you may be making the right decision. For sure. And like, to speak to that in a way like in my own understanding of the universe and like let's be real everything that's inside of us is like Neil deGrasse Tyson always references it's stardust we are made up of stardust we are made up of energy energy cannot be created nor destroyed but it can change yeah you know what I mean so like the thought of certain things like being able to not like necessarily influence but there's a certain pattern of energy or an energy wave that yeah. could be those moments, you know, yeah. like they connected to you because you're connected to that energy. You know what I mean? And so when it comes in the right way in the right time, and like, if some, there is some form of like being a ghost or having a spirit and after life, you might still be able to impact energy waves and radios energy. You know what I mean? And like, who knows all, all with all those kind of things for things to line up perfectly like that is crazy. Right. It's, mm-hmm. I don't like myself. I don't necessarily um, think of it as like ghosts or spirits, but you know, we all have moments in life that make us go, I don't really know. And that's where I'm at in the end of things. Cause I'm, I'm having spent my life studying it. I don't yeah. know. You know, well, no, I it, and it's the one thing we'll never know until it's our turn to face the music. Right. But I, what keeps me from like, it's those moments of clarity and those, those moments of, those like those that i guess you can call them gut feelings or when you can feel in the back of your neck like there's a reason why they're so clear and call it intuition or i i like the idea that i think someone is out there like watching over me i can't give myself to a religion because as much as much as there's some messages i agree with there's a lot of messages i disagree with yeah me too for sure and I just I go by uh, I go by the Will Wheaton religion of just don't be a dick. And I yeah, try that's my a pretty good thing. Yeah. Sometimes I I fuck that part up a little bit, but I try We're to only be a human, comedic. right? Yeah, and I try to be a comedic dick if I have to be a dick. Yeah. I'm not like a forceful dick. I'm more of a comedic dick. Like I'll make you laugh while I'm saying something rude to you. Yes. And I always <laughs> like to go. I, I I'll go that route as well, but. If I'm making fun of you, it's usually because there's love there. If oh, I'm yeah. nothing to you, 
it's because I have nothing to say to you, right? That sounds like we have a sides thing in common there. Yeah. It's like the cold side stare of silence. Yeah, but <laughs> it's that. And I, I try I try to be as good as a person as I can be. Now, am I perfect? Oh, man, so far from it. It's insane. I fuck up more times before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. I However, yeah. I do try to, I all always go the route of treat people how I want to be treated. For and sure. I'll always try to go the route of be a quality human being. That makes sense. And it's good make to do my, that. Make my presentation like a lasting one for people. Like I want to be the guy that people are happy. They're around the people yeah. that's happy around. Like, that's, that's kind of my goal in every scenario. Well, I can tell you that you're doing a goddamn good job of that. Thank you. Wasn't no fishing for it, but I appreciate it. <laughs> so I have something to say, like I kind of so. to that's do with podcast. what you were. Well, yeah. Well, I guess suppose so. Hey? Um, so <laughs> What you were saying, like in the whole ghost talk, you know, it comes up. My sister, she does like Akashaka records, or I don't know how to say it properly, but she does like record readings with people. And like my like, grandmother, my like mother's cards? mother. What's that? I, I don't know exactly. It's along those lines, but a little bit different, some kind of reading. But our great, our grandmother, my mother's mother, she did psychic readings from a crystal ball, read people's tarot cards. It was a thing she did for many, many years. And like, people thought she had some powers and so now jen is getting jen's getting into the stuff are you telling me that your sister's a psychic because i'm so interested it's close to that i don't know if she's saying she's a psychic but she's it's kind of something she's been doing and she feels like it's a way for her to help people you know she does like some lives on facebook you have her back as a friend so you're probably going to see him now you'll see what i'm talking about but she's doing it you know in, in from a good place trying to help people to like heal in different ways. And I don't know if it's like so much as being a psychic as it is helping people heal. But anyways, we have this talk often, not too often because I don't like to talk about it with her because sometimes I come off as that funny dick I was talking about. Yes. But she believes in ghosts and spirits and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so through this, being her comedic little brother, you know, I, I want to talk to her and, and annoy the shit out of her a little bit because it's just inherent. It comes from being a little brother sometimes. Mm -hmm. I like to bother her on this very point. And while I tell you the point, I want you to also consider it as a pitch for a movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you as like a pitch for a movie, okay? Okay. So this family is driving along. They, they crash their vehicle. Thing, things aren't good. They pass away on impact. Okay, so then they're on the road, the side of the road. They rise up and they come up and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, there is an afterlife. Our spirits are rising from our body. And so they're on the side of the road and all of a sudden they hear this like, <sighs> off in the distance, some like crazy, crazy sound. And they look up and they're like, what the fuck? And there's other humans and they're like, run! And so they're following the other ghost humans because there's a fucking dinosaur ghost coming and chasing them down. Okay. Because, because you can't have one without the fucking other. If there's human ghosts, then you're, there's fucking dinosaur ghosts and they're these scary, ancient, evil, gigantic fucking ghosts. They're going to chase you down and try and eat you. All right. Now, as a movie, I am all aboard. Dino ghost would be amazing. <laughs> However, now I go with the rules of Ghost from the movie Ghost. Okay. 
So everyone's there because they have, or or I guess it's more Casper. Casper and Ghost have the same kind of rules where yeah. ghosts hang around because they have unfinished business. And it's until they finish right. their business, that's when they can move on to the other side. Okay. Dinosaurs would have had the purpose of just destruction and being full. So where I would go of, we're following, we don't know following that for those sure. rules. We don't know that for sure that that's we all they had. We don't know they that could, for sure. There could However, have been culture. You're right, but we could don't know been. for sure. So if we're going, we if don't we're going by the Casper and Ghost rules, there's a good chance that most dinosaurs have moved on. Okay. However, I do like up. the idea of like a vegan dinosaur. Like he was just like a t- vegan T-Rex. <laughs> And his yeah. unfinished business was like, no, man, you're going to be king of the jungle. Like, you're a carnivore. Be a carnivore. And until he eats enough <laughs> ghosts, then it can pass over. I think this could be I feel really like there's one. a lot of plots and storylines there. But, like, let me throw this one at you. Demons. They're in almost every religion. What if they're from fucking near-death experiences and they see some fucking dinosaur ghosts? You, you see a dinosaur ghost a thousand years ago? That's a fucking demon. You know what I mean? You've never seen Jurassic Park. You don't know what the fuck a dinosaur is. They don't even know about dinosaurs. Well, we still don't know what dinosaurs, know what dinosaurs look like today, right? Like we went from thinking there were giant lizards. Now we're yeah. at giant lizard bird hybrids. Yeah, and it's like, all over the place. It's back yeah. and forth. But I'm just saying, like, it's a really good pitch for a movie, and it would be a great horror movie, like to think. And it's like a. It's just a point I always bring up to piss my sister off, basically. But it turned into that a little bit over the time. Okay. As a movie, and then we I stopped watch, talking about it. I would watch the shit out of that movie. Yeah. It's a good idea like for a movie. Dino Ghost, or we can come up with a better name. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. We have it on re- record that we're talking about. So if anyone steals our idea, get ready for the lawsuit that's coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're coming <laughs> from every direction. As you want to put our names on it for something and give us like a nice big check, we'll talk. But yeah, oh yeah, guess, for sure. It's a good one. It's a good one. I'm all for it. I think it's <laughs> it's dumb, but it's also like really fun. Yeah, and it's just for. like it's a great argument to like. It's like when someone starts telling me that they don't think the moon landing happened, and I look at them as stone cold faced as I can and say, you don't, you don't, you actually believe there's a moon? It's just obnoxious, but yeah, it's I, fun. I get it. Was there ever a moment where you kind of like I don't want to say believe your sister because I don't think she's lying. No, but like believe in her and what she's doing. Like, have you ever had like seen her do a thing, or she ever like, Sean, don't go on, don't get on that plane, and then you that plane then crashes and you dodge a bullet. I like I love my sister and I support her, but there's just certain things that I don't talk to her about because I don't want to like say mean things about it because I do like you know I I don't. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest, because I'm so disconnected from the spiritual world and the idea of the spiritual world. Yeah. I don't even try to go there in conversations with her. So I haven't had a lot of experiences talking about it with her. I wish I knew about this the few times I've gotten to sit down with your sister because I would be fascinated by it. I get more of a recent thing. Yeah. The last like three years. I I would lean into this so hardly. I, I like the idea of like, like an afterlife or another terrain or stuff like that and just yeah like i would never pay someone for it but i would enter a conversation about it like i don't like the 
the mediums of going, I'm predicting a B. Uh, there's a B. <laughs> uh, is it Brian? Yeah, it's definitely Brian. Yeah. Like, I don't stand for like that stuff. But if someone says they're spiritually inclined and they like they have vibes or intuition, that's where my spiritual spiritualism lies. Like I don't claim to have powers, but I I do connect moments with people that I may yeah. have lost. But I also believe in like the human spirit as well. There are things I do because I can feel it on another friend's side. Like I guess yeah. that's just what a gut feeling is. Maybe uh, I'm poking holes in my own argument here. But no, I, no, no, it's it's hard. Sorry, it's hard for us to decipher it. Sorry. Yeah, and so if we ever have your sister on this, I'm gonna talk to her in great deal, great, great detail about this, and see if yeah. I can get a reading off your sister over Zoom. <laughs> for sure. See a lot of what like she seems to do, like, and she you have to check out her Facebook lives and see like it's really like positive and what she's trying to do, like what, from what I understand exactly is to like heal people's energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, people give off energy. There's no denying that. And like when someone walks in the room and they're fucking pissed off, everyone can feel that usually. Yes. Or if someone walks in and they're extremely stricken with grief, everyone can feel that. And it's like 100%. from the scent from our senses, but we also like, we get a feeling in our chest. You know what I mean? And like, she's been working towards learning how to like help people heal their energy. So I don't know if it's like, you know, from a psychic perspective, like I said, or more from a healing energy perspective, however you want to relate to it. Like the intentions that she has behind it are good intentions to be like, if there's a darkness in you and like, you need to heal it, like talk about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly to the extent of what she's doing. She's not like, she's not a psychiatrist or anything like that. It's coming from like a spiritual place and idea, but I don't know if it's like interior designer. Yeah, she is as well. So what's cool about that career and then what she's doing is I guarantee you the feng shui of any room goes hand in hand with her job. So she's like feeling vibes and going, no, we have to have the chair open facing the window that way. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely true. She's, uh, she's talented in, in a lot of ways, my sister, you know, and she's a smart person too. And I don't know, like I've had that, like I've always said myself, people ask me, what would you do if you won $50 million? You know, that question comes up. And my thing is like, I'd help people that if I had like an unlimited amount of money, I'd find small ways to help people. Would you, would you do it with that level people. of smugness you just gave me with that little smolder and be like, I'd help people. <laughs> I probably just came out by accident. <laughs> you know, like I just, I think about those things like how it would be fun you know it's fun to change people's lives and to impact people in a positive way and I think on a small like in a way that's what she's doing you know that's what she's trying to do with her path Mm -hmm. I know what power to her I mean I don't think like these kinds of things don't hurt anybody it's when I don't know it's when you see these people that are paying money for this and they can't let go that's where I think yeah but like an addiction. I, again, like this is a conversation I would love to have with Jen. And I wish like I wish I knew she was doing it, you know, before because I would have. I would have been fascinated. For sure. Yeah. Like, like ghosts and like, are, like, are you on the same mindset? Like, do you believe in Bigfoot and aliens and all that fun stuff? Oh, 
Thomas, I don't know anymore. Aliens, yes, I think that I don't know that there's ever been an alien that's visited Earth. I can't speak to that. But I say like astronomically, it's impossible for there not to be other life in our universe because we're just in one. otherwise, right? What's that? Sorry? It's arrogant to think otherwise. Oh yeah, for sure. There's too many options, trillions and trillions of possibilities. It's just unlikely that it's not out there. But Bigfoot, I don't know, like if you were smart and you were a bipedal and you saw humans and you saw their impact throughout the ages and you'd been hunted by them in the past, potentially, because given the, like the references to them in culture, you might want to stay away from them at all costs. And there is still new life forms discovered every day. I'm not saying it's they are out there. I'm just saying I don't know. And it's very possible. <laughs> if, if, if he does exist, and again, like I haven't seen any evidence to like put me on the no 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 he's he's fucking real i've seen to catch a bigfoot and i'm up but no i can't give you any of that but yeah i mean these things come from somewhere and i do like those like old tales of like loch ness monster like i do i love those stories for sure now do i want like yeti and bigfoot to exist i do and if they do i think they're just smarter than us like i think they live off or or equally as smart yeah but they know enough yeah. to keep away from us. And I'm super sure. down with that. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that one. And you know, it's funny, like growing up, I was raised to kind of believe in ghosts and like not necessarily be spiritual. Like my dad always had a weird like clash for me right away when it came to Christianity, when I learned about what it was. And my dad was like, I believe in evolution, but I also believe that God created us all. And I was always like, dad, you can't have both. You, you have to pick one or the other. I mean, if you go the, down the route of, like if like there was a creator that did the big bang and then that's what started the whole process like it had to start somewhere so yeah big dude in the sky controlling everything is not as far-fetched as and existence begins like you know what i mean for sure yeah no i know what you're saying there so like my point like i did used to believe in ghosts and i think i came to a point like as a as a man growing up where I didn't want to be afraid of ghosts. And if you get sucked into a world where you believe in ghosts all the time and you're like, you hear a crack in your fucking house and you're alone at night and you're like, what the fuck is that? Sound? And you start tripping out, especially if you smoke one and you're like, man, I'm fucking here. And so I was like, I don't need that in my life. So I think I closed that off like a long, long, long time ago. I just came to the realization, like prove it, prove it to me. If you can't prove it, then I'm just going to go on saying, I don't know. Cause I don't. See, all the ghost stories that I've ever heard, like, I don't hear, like, ghosts being evil, I don't think is a thing. Like, if I'm going to go and tell you that I believe in ghosts, I, I believe in spirits. I think yeah. the two are different, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I, I had a friend growing up, and they lived in this, like, 100, 200-year-old house. Like, it is a, it's actually, like, a historical landmark in one of the towns nearby. Yeah, and uh, it was ran by uh, a doctor who would occasionally perform surgery in the backyard. Again, 100, 200 years ago, it wasn't like a big hospital thing. So, yeah. Um, but one day when they when they were renovating the house, so I got this story from uh, my buddy at the time's mom. When yeah. they were renovating the house, they had an electrician up in the attic, and um, he was doing some wiring rework and all this stuff, and then he had to find a certain outlet or some kind of power source. He had to find something specific 
but it was like yeah. in it, it was under the floor where he had to go right and he couldn't find his knife he couldn't find his like little tool to like pry up the board and all that stuff and he turned around his lo- knife was behind him. and the first board he pried up with that knife where the knife was pried up the board and like on the wood written was this way to this thing so like i don't know if a ghost put the knife there it's just yeah. coincidental there's coincidental things that happen and i like to think someone is helping out somebody else i don't sure. think ghosts are bad bad evil spirits no I, I think they're just out here trying to give us a hand and like to be honest if i had the choice like like if dying you have a choice of ascension or you have a choice of remaining or you can ascend at any time once you ascend you're gone and that's it i i think i'd probably hang around for a bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. go check some things out go see how people are doing like you might want to be an observer for a bit especially like if you had kids you know like mm-hmm. i want to watch my kids grow old i'm, I'm not ready to ascend yet you know what mm-hmm. i mean and maybe like there's some kind of energy that can stay behind so who i am as a person i'm always the guy that i don't i'm not a guy that's always like grass is greener on the other side but i always want to know what's going on somewhere else so yeah. Like as you know, like I've lived a good, a good little spread over the country. Like I've lived briefly in Labrador. I lived briefly in Manitoba, Edmonton, Vancouver, and I've seen a good parts the a good chunk of this country. Yeah, but the thing that brings me over there is the curiosity of like what's going on over there. For so sure. I think if I was given that same opportunity as you, of like you can hang out or you're coming over for the next chapter and we're going to see i'm probably going to take that route like right away because yeah no that's fair and that could change too like i said if you had kids you might feel differently you know what i mean or or whatever like someone like really really important people in your life that you're not ready to let go over if you were taking care of someone or you know i can understand why there might be a trail left behind for some people oh 100 100 um i think we'll get into the question of the day here And uh, I got one for you. I was wondering if you could, who were you in high school? Like, what was, like, like, if you could describe who you were, like, what kind of groups you were into, or what what were you doing from ages, like, 13 to 17? Who was that, Sean? Well, I would say 13 to what age, sorry? 13 to 17. Okay, so I went through a couple different phases. Around 13, I was, like, kind of a badass. You know what I mean? I was not, like, not a badass, like, I'll beat the crap out of you, but a badass, like, I don't care what the teacher's saying, and I'm going to go at lunchtime and smoke weed. Okay, so you're a little bit of this donor rebellion. Yeah, and, like, rough around the edges and a lot. Like, I wore ICP T-shirts, which (laughs) now I'm, like, so ashamed of. I was super into them when I was 13. Dude, I got into them, too. I, at one point... I had all the, uh, uh, I had all the masks. What were they called? Yeah. Uh, like the Juggalo masks or whatever. Yeah, but I'd, yeah, I'd I had all them albums. all too. Yeah, me too. And it, like, it was sick. I loved. I could sing like every song from start to finish for a time there. And then I discovered Eminem and learned about the beef and was way more on Eminem side of the beef in a way and like transitioned to being an Eminem fan by fifteen. I would say still loving the rock and roll at the core, but I was never into like boy bands current music i was either a hard rock and roller and then i started to discover rap and kind of went that direction but i never went the pop band i was never one of like the popular kids 
for me, like with my schooling and the way it went down, I faced like some challenges in school and how I found to relate to people was A, by being a comedian and B, by being a little bit edgy. You know mm. what I mean? Like I moved from school to school a lot. I think that my final count from kindergarten to grade 12 was 16 different schools. Really? Maybe 17. I can't remember the exact count. So roughly, yeah, from every six months to every year and a half, I changed schools. Like in kindergarten, I went to school for half of kindergarten in Ontario and Barrie. And then we moved out west here and I finished the other half. And then I did grade one in one school, grade two in two different schools, grade three in two different schools, grade four in two different schools. And then I did grade five and six in the same school. And then junior high, grade seven was one school, grade eight was a different, grade nine was a different. And there was two mixed, two stops in grade eight, I think, but it was all over the place. So I was often faced with being a kid who was overweight. You know, I was a bigger kid being the new kid and being a bit jaded and damaged from all of the moving. Yeah. So I was, I was rebellious because of those situations I was put into I wouldn't necessarily trade it because I wouldn't be able to be such a social person like it made me a social butterfly where I can go into any room any bar and make a friend and be able to talk to people you know what I mean so it gave me those skills but it was definitely like challenging so by the time I was like a a teenager you know I was jaded in some ways but never like hurtful I never hurt anyone or did anything like criminal or anything like that I just Mm. smoke weed you know what I mean (laughs) skip school I think when I was 13 my dad was going to Toronto to see his mom and dad mom and stepdad and uh, he said that I couldn't skip any more than five classes in grade eight Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah no worries and I wrote a note to approve myself um, to go on the trip from my school. And my dad, of course, went to the school and said, hey, did you write this note for my son saying that he's only missed three classes? And I think the count was 187 classes that I'd skipped in grade eight. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so I didn't get to go on the trip to Toronto. I had to go stay, up, I think, at my sister's or my mom's while he went to Toronto without me. I flew there. Oh, jeez. So, like, some serious rebellious uh, shit going on there, that's for sure. Yeah. Was it hard for you to like meet like friends and stuff? If like, oh, yeah. Short lived times? Yeah, I de- it definitely was. I'll save it for another uh, podcast. I have a lot to say on the topic, but it's a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I can imagine. It's, yeah. I can wet some eyes with some of the stories and some of the shit that I went through as a kid and like from bullying, you know, being the new kid going from Ontario to here to back to Lloydminster, to back to here, all different sides of Edmonton, Leduc, you know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. a lot of culture shock moments for me. Going to Lloydminster at the time, it was a very like uh, farm community type town. There wasn't like, it's not like it is today. So I had some bad experiences there and, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up tough, I went through some stuff in that time period and it's, it's a long story. We'll have the Sean schooling history story podcast one day, just to like yeah. let the fans in on it. I'm not afraid to talk about it, like my past and stuff like that. Cause it made me who I am, but. Well, if anything, we're going to get a couple extra listeners, uh, listeners with, who are intrigued with what, what you had to go through. Yeah, for sure. And it's like funny when I see 
stuff on TV with anti-bullying and the way the direction things are going with like that now. And I'm so happy about that because mm. some of the shit that I went through, people can't understand. You know what I mean? Mm. I've told my sister, she never knew some of the stories because you don't tell your family these stories. No. I protected them from them because I didn't want them to know what was going on. But I've told my sister and my dad a few times and brought tears to their face because they're like, holy shit, I had no idea. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's... but. Like I said, we'll save it for another day. Yeah, it's no, not the definitely. Topic. <laughs> okay, so 13, and for most of the stuff, you were like a stoner, uh, skip school to go smoke weed. I'm assuming you would wear various band t shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you, I, I guess, like, because we're, do you have like little like your groups of friends, or did you have to like change? You had to change your group of friends like every year to six months. So yeah. were you doing this by yourself or do you have like a cute, like always your few little stoner buddies that you would fuck off with? No, it was just me. Really? Eh? I'd, yeah, it was me against the wild. And I always made friends because I learned how, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? At a young age from having gone through it. By the time I was 13 and 15, like in my high school career, I had groups of friends. And when I went to finish high school at uh, a center high downtown, some of my previous friends from other high schools came to that high school and so I knew like more than one group of people and brought all those people together and I did that too when I went to high school in Edmonton here I knew people from not only elementaries junior highs that I'd gone to school with in many different schools all ended up in my high school and so I was able to break into groups of friends right away and it was like I had it from basically from I would say grade seven on it got a hell of a lot better because I started to like have better skills and how to make friends and shit like that. Right. That's, that's nuts to me. Was there ever like a cool rumor you heard about yourself? Because by being like a half year kind of guy or uh, like a guy that switched schools a lot, you must, there must've been a level of mystery to you that no one could put their finger on. Like, yeah, no, I kind of knew Sean and like grade school, but now, like he disappeared halfway through the year. So I don't really know him. Honestly, I don't know because I wasn't there that long. I think I was like, <laughs> this is how I see it. I feel like I was easily forgettable because okay. a lot of times when I came in, they didn't like me. And when I left, they were happy to see me go. That's kind of how I felt at that age. Obviously, you know how kids can be sometimes, but like now that I've grown up, maybe it was different. I, I don't know, to be honest, if people ever wonder, I didn't hear any rumors or stuff like that. I'd meet up with, like I said, in high school, I met up with some buddies from junior high and elementary and it was like, oh, hey, you know, and like, but they'd still been going to school with all the same people we went to school with back then. Yeah. So like, it was hard to connect with some of those guys, you know? But then other people, the struggles that like I always lean towards hurt people and I'd always like bring them into my group of friends, the, the mm -hmm. oddballs, I used to call it yeah. uh, like some of my buddies used to get mad at me and be like, why the fuck are you bringing those people around? We're never going to meet girls if you keep bringing people around like that. And I'm like, hey, I, if girls don't want to come around because of those people, then maybe they shouldn't be coming around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd always yeah. lend an ear to the person who was the outsider and I never participate in group hate. I form my own decisions because of those interactions I had when I was younger. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like when I, in high school, like I was kind of the uniter of all the groups of oddballs. So by the end of like grade 11, there was probably 150 of us in one crew in a school of 3000 people. You know what I mean? So mm. we didn't have a lot of problems by that point. That's wow. I can't even imagine that man. Because, like, I know I switched schools around a little bit, but, I never had what you had and like growing up, I was able to kind of go 
into any group and just chill out there like like uh, i i was just such an everyman and i was just i just be nice to the people and then try to do my best like i mean i don't yeah. think i was ever bullied i i don't think i did any bullying i i mean i'm sure i tease people but that's just my sense of humor i never went out to hurt anybody yeah. um but like i never like i could enter a room and i just start talking and somehow one way or another at one point i will win you over yeah uh, that makes sense yeah. and i got better at doing that as i got older but it was hard because like you when you see or have a lot of like harsher things happen to you it's harder to like reflect that in a positive way and i i wasn't happy for a lot of years because of a lot of that stuff that had happened it took me till i was like out of my teenage years to be happy again you know yeah it's damaging and high school can be really tough for like a lot of people and especially yeah you don't have a chance to put down any roots with your siblings sure. being older, like they must have been almost done high school by the time, like a lot of this. They were stuff. long done. Yeah, long done. Yeah. It was a journey on my own for sure. In, yeah. a, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. But growing up with a single father, too, it's different. You know what I mean? When you yeah. have two parents supporting you and to get you through things, it's one thing. But yeah. when, like, my dad was working hard to support three kids by himself you know, would come home, cook dinner for us, make sure we did our homework and it was fucking bedtime. You know what I mean? It's no, exactly. But well, I can't complain though. I turned out okay. Ish. Well, you know, above average. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing though. And I can't wait to kind of delve deep in this with you on another podcast. Um, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll bring, we'll be sure to have a box of Kleenex with me when we do. Yeah, um, for sure that's unreal it's crazy like we have so many similarities right but yeah. the upbringing and uh how we are how we differ where we're the same is hilarious because we have such a different upbringing it's like amazing because yeah. i do find you to be that social guy when the first time i met you like it was just who can talk the other person's air off first it was sure. me or is it going to be you and thank god we went to the movies because then we would both shut up <laughs> uh but it, and it's funny when I when I went to that New Year's thing and met all your buddies, like I felt that there was the similar vibe. And I I find it funny that we share this in common. Yeah. And then we go into our histories and like what made us like this? Like my sister, she can talk, but I'm the talker. My mom is not sure. a talker. She she thinks I'm a weirdo for even being able to do this. Yeah, I'm the talker for sure as well in my clan. You know what I mean? Josh would be like. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Josh is very quiet. I've gotten that vibe every time I met him. Insightful, though. I think he chooses his moments. He's like Silent oh, yeah. Bob in all the movies. He doesn't say anything, but when he does say something, it's fucking profound. It's profound for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a <laughs> He gets nervous there. like newer newer people too. Once you get closer to Josh, he'll talk your ear off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, no, it's funny though. Like, and I thought that too. And that's part of the the really fun part about this podcast is getting to know each other. You know, and yeah. it's two sides of the story in the sense that we have different stories, but now we get to come together and you know we'll, we're going to discuss nerd stuff, but we're also going to like let people in on who we are too, right? And, oh yeah, it's a good place to be that level of vulnerable and you know just that human nature. I think it's one of our big selling points of the podcast. It's like family getting to know each other at, at that intimate level of I missed out on who you were for uh, 25 years for sure and then now that 
we have this chance. We got to catch up on 25 years worth of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be fun telling that story. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to be honest with you. I didn't watch the movie that you recommended yet. You didn't do your homework. I didn't do my homework. In fairness, we recorded a little early and I didn't get my free time. We're working crazy hours. I'm going to watch it. And I don't have Amazon Prime yet, but I'm going to get it. I have, a, I have it all figured out already. So I have okay. put the plan into motion to watch it. But I'm still going to go ahead and recommend that you do something. Okay, so I do my homework. I watch Scarface. <laughs> and I come in with a full book report on how I felt about the, the thing. And I go, here's a quick little monster movie for you. And... In typical high school Sean fashion that we're finding out, you skipped class and didn't do it. <laughs> I feel like, in fairness, I knew you had a copy of Scarface. <laughs> but I will I will watch it and we will discuss it on the next podcast. Okay. But my mine's going to be really, really simple for you this week. And it relates to a little bit of what we talked about. I want you to do something I do, which gives me peace and makes me feel a part of this world sometimes and happy to get to be a part of this world go outside when it's pitch black out and have a look up at the stars and just think about how it's so cool that we just get to be alive and and look at that man i'm gonna do it but i will let you know this is something i do less regularly now that i'm back in montreal because it's it's not as common a lot of city lights you don't get the same feeling when i worked sure. in edmonton i would have a lot of early morning starts and you know yeah. where the edmonton airport is it's so far away from the city it's in Leduc. so there are times where i got to see the aurora borealis that's cool and uh you know or just a perfect set of night sky and it's my favorite bit of going to uh, a rural area so when i lived in labrador we yeah. would have these beautiful clear skies because this nearest anything that you would call a city was like the closest city was like a 45 minute drive but like that was city light that wasn't even that a is city so light. cool that is and, so cool i wish to see the stars like that to see the yeah. milky way like oof. oh yeah and there's one thing i'm proud of like i can find the milky way if you give me like a minute yeah, I can go. That that's it, or that's the Big Dipper. I can. Yeah, I can find these things. Yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty good at it too, but not great. But I, there's apps for that now. So I couldn't find the astral signs or anything like that. Yeah, but I know uh, a few. No, a but few. that's a thing I do appreciate with yeah. a, a clear night sky. So I'll have to take a drive in any direction, which is hard to do right now because yeah. we have the 8 p.m. curfew. You are on lockdown, son. <laughs> I remember telling you the first time about the curfew. Yeah, that was great. You thought that my mom gave her <laughs> 31-year-old son who's staying with her an 8 p.m. curfew. Well, you, like, you don't think about people having a curfew. And then you're like, yeah, you know, like, I got to fucking be home by 8 o'clock, my curfew and shit. And I was like, oh, hold the fuck on. Like, I've heard of curfews, you know, like 11, 30, 12 o'clock to be respectful. But I was like, your mother makes you fucking home by 8 o'clock. Like, Thomas, you need to get the hell out of there. Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. Government sanction, Sean. This is our, yeah. our, our big answer to COVID is making sure that everyone's in bed <laughs> by 8 p.m. here. I loved Not it when you clarified mom. it for me. 
you're like my mom's a sweetheart sean i was like i am yeah, sorry i just you hear curfew you know you're i know you're living with your mom and just i immediately went there because you know who'd have thunk you'd be at a curfew government inflicted or restricted or i don't know how to say that exactly but one of those no, no for sure i thought that that was one of the funniest conversations i've had for you and she was in earshot of all this and she was just like yep thomas has to be home by 8 p.m mom's <laughs> orders yeah that's awesome <laughs> well buddy oh, i think we did it i think we got another one in the books number three definitely yeah um you know what i want to give you a quick i'm going to give you some praise right now because if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be doing this no uh, we were like a month and a half ago, I get a random text from you just checking in on me just to see how I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm just uh, happy to hear from you. And I'm, I'm kicking myself that I didn't reach out first. And then in the middle of this, he was like, no, I was just thinking, you know, maybe it'd be cool if we just did a podcast. We call it Two <laughs> Sides of the Story. And I think that would be fun, like a good way for us to like get to know each other. And I went like, yeah, I have wanted to start a podcast. Since <laughs> I've heard of them. Yes, I'm 100% in. And then we like, the, what was the turnaround time? A month? Yeah, a month? I would say to the first episode, not even maybe, maybe three weeks from the time we first conceptualized it until we put it down on audio recordings. Like, I got to give the shout out to you too. Like, you know, yes, I brought it up. And I like, Crystal, I said this to me. She's like, Sean, you've been talking about starting a podcast since I met you. You know what I mean? And, and I got thinking about it and I was like, man, like, you and me were kind of like getting a little bit of steam and, you know, life took you in some different directions. And I'm like, no, like, fuck that. I want to know Thomas. Like I want to get to know him. Like we, we made a bit of a connection. We shared some moments, but we, they were slipping away and I didn't like that feeling. And I was like, I want to get it back. And like, kudos to you for saying like, fuck yeah, I want to do a podcast and putting in all the efforts, like your technical abilities. You're my tech guy, basically. Now, like, if I fucking buy, don't give me that power years... because I am not that guy. <laughs> I have been pretty lucky, and I get a lot of advice, and I watch a lot of YouTube videos. But me being the tech guy, one day we will get a real See, tech guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you're five years younger than me, and you're like closer to the time when this technology came out. I think that's like mainly the purpose of as to why people have kids nowadays, just so <laughs> the kids can learn the new technology and teach it to them one day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where the cycle continues. Like probably right back to the cotton gin spinning fucking <laughs> cotton. They're like, I, I better have some fucking kids. Uh, when we get out of this cotton gin time, like we're going to have someone to teach us how to fuck this, this new, uh, we don't even have cotton gins anymore. I don't know how to live in this world. I think that's probably why people have kids. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I'm just theorizing on that. But yeah, no, like kudos to you, man, for like no, I appreciate putting it. in the hard work to get it running. Like I've tried to support you because, I, you know, time's tough, like time's tight sometimes. But like it, we're here, man. Number yeah. three. I mean, it's been a lot of fun and I'm learning a lot while we do it. And we're getting some positive feedback. Uh, we have a theme song. And yeah. um, I want to talk about this. We have T-shirts on the way now. We uh, they're going to be through a friend of mine's Etsy store and eventually we'll put it out there. But like the shirts were just supposed to be for like me and you. And yeah. it's just like, look at the cool thing we're doing. We're going to take this. But I think we might get a little bit of traction on this. You never know. Like, and it, it's a cool thing. Like if you find something you like, which a lot of people like the two of us, it's cool to have a shirt to represent it. And Hey, like anyone who wants to buy a shirt to support us, it's super cool. Like we're not looking to make money off of it, really. We're just looking to get our our name out there, really. Yeah, if, you know? if you can cover our copywriting bills and that, like, 
amazing. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, very cool. Very cool. Uh, and now we got the theme song going, and I'm just really happy with how all of this has been coming full circle. And uh, yeah, I'm very proud daily. of you and the, the vulnerability you've been showing. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm kind of proud of me too. Yeah, I'm very proud of you as well. It's it's crazy, man. We're doing it. We're podcast hosts. We can put yeah. it on our resume officially. You can't do it until you have three episodes. This is three episodes. We can fucking put that shit on our resume. We're now. basically podcast indicated. So yeah, and like getting a copyright and seeing it in writing, very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's a real thing, and I'm happy yeah. we're doing it. No, for sure, it's one to hang up on the wall for sure. Well, man, I think that does it for this week. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about, get off your chest. I think I'm okay at the moment. I'm Sean, and this has been one side of the story. And I'm Tom. This has been the other side of the story. Have a good week, everybody. Two sides of the story. Two sides of the story. story. With Tom. Sean